Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. I have fan favorite, as always, Ian Dixon with me today. Say hello, Ian. Hello, Ian. We're going to talk about Jurassic Park. We're going to talk about John Waters. And we're going to talk about our favorite, favorite, favorite web link in the world. AudibleTrial.com forward slash Scottcast. So I went. I did an experiment this April. Yeah, I I, I wanted to take April as uh, you know it's it's tax season. So I, oh shit! Whoop, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ian's gonna be bowing out really quick. <laughs> He's got some representatives to call. Um, but yeah, every tax season I'm like, oh, molt and start anew. Let's. Because it's a, it's a look in the years past. I'm a self-employed person, so mm-hmm. it, it's kind of my New Year's tax season. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what that's what goes on. It's it's like uh, waiting four months to to review your year. I use this time of renewal to experiment, to create new habits, to things that might uh, help me throughout the the next fiscal year. Mm-hmm. And one of these things I decided to work on. Is mind over matter? That's right. What do you think? Is that is is isn't that one of the better traits to work on? A lot of people are they're like, I'm going to get fit. I appreciate the mind. That's kind of my my field. I respect your uh, your aspirations to develop that. That's right. That's why I wanted to talk to you about mind over matter because mm-hmm. you're a you're a registered therapist. You've discovered many things about the human psyche and are published widely. And I wanted to share my discoveries with you because I do believe they are earth shattering. Okay, let's hear them. This first step is to increase, get a better posture. You know, S-bend there, shoulders back. My, uh, the co-host you're feuding with and that you hate, Dave, mm-hmm. he told me to hang on my pull-up bar and just hang there. Mm-hmm. And I've been hanging there. I've just been hanging. Hanging there. And I found out, ever since doing these exercises, it took about three days... About six days, actually. It took six days into April. The world absolutely changed before my eyes. Mm -hmm. The skies became blue. Birds were singing in the distance. I tried to open up the ScottCast email bag, but I couldn't because it was just overflowing with fan mail from listeners begging to be the official uh, suitor of ScottCast. Is that right? Yeah, when they heard uh, us talk about me being a potentially on a dating episode on episode 15 mm. which no one listened to because i mispublished it <laughs> <laughs> somehow like, the word got out anyway okay <laughs> lots of emails there were none of them are suitable for scott casting i'm sorry this is a family program it's mc17 kind of stuff huh kind of you know and some of it is like personal history stuff a lot mm. of people sent credit card numbers okay social security numbers etc so it'll be a good it'll be a good fiscal year yeah so the weather cleared hordes of women flooding the email bag and i had to use a robot i had to use my robot servant your doorbell mm-hmm. i'd use my doorbell to sort through the email bag find me something i can talk about on scottcast okay and there was one email from user double t-o-c yes i am interested in mind over matter as a topic Tell me, how does this relate to Jurassic Park? Excellent question. Double T-O-C, Sark. Because I have an incredible fan theory that mind over matter is actually the only factor 
in determining whether or not you don't get eaten by a dinosaur in the Jurassic Park franchise. If you are strong and you can keep your mind when all around you is chaos, Mm -hmm. then that's what Michael Crichton wants people to understand. Give me an example of that. For instance, mind over matter doesn't necessarily mean intelligent because the mailman from Seinfeld, Dennis Nedry, obviously an intelligent fellow. Mm-hmm. He did code the entire park, whatever that means. I don't know how you code dinosaurs. He's a smart guy, but that doesn't mean he has strong mind over matter. You see him constantly in the movie snacking, uh, gorging himself on butterfingers. Mm-hmm. You know, whipped cream, putting it on people's pies, making people pay for his food, eating a lot more food. It's not just about food. I'm mentioning mostly food. But he's also a a fiscally irresponsible man and a morally reprehensible one as well. He's just not good at mind over matter. He lets his his whim and... And and so if you were to if you were everything. to define kind of what mind over matter means to you, like what what are we talking about exactly? Mind over matter is the ability to focus on a given task, given uh, external stimuli, mm-hmm. be it a dinosaur attacking you, or some obsessive thoughts about gorging yourself upon, say, food, mm-hmm. or or reckless habits. That endanger you and those around you, like a habit of turning off the security systems in a park to get away during a hurricane. (laughs) That's a bad habit. (laughs) Not a prime decision. Yeah. Right. So if you if we keep giving into that habit, you are probably not strong in the Department of Mind over Matter. So what about the the children in in the original Jurassic Park there because I feel like they survived by sheer luck of having adults nearby to protect them. The, luck, the, the adults helped. <laughs> it, and it helped to have very strong mind over matter adults around them. Mm-hmm. But there are pivotal plot points for Lex particularly that showcased her ability to have a strong presence of mind over matter. While velociraptors were assaulting the room she was in, she was using Linux to the best of her ability and turning on the park again, including the phones, the gates, the security systems, the Mm -hmm. what have you, all while a team of velociraptors were angrily destroying the door. And Alan Grant was firing shots and whatnot. And Ellie Sattler was like, oh no, holding the door with her shoulder. So despite the uh, the external stimuli, she was able to... Her mind prevailed, and she was able to do the thing that they needed to do to get to the next plot point. So there, that was a case of that mind over matter helping somebody. Now let's go to, say, someone who's less despicable than Nedry, but equally is dead. Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. Hold on to your butts. He seemed like a pretty level-headed dude to me. He was a level-headed man. Yeah. He was a trustworthy man. He knew what he was doing. But he did not have strong mind over matter in one small aspect, which was his undoing. He smoked cigarettes. How did that undo him? When he went to the shed to turn on the lights, he was stalked and hunted and torn down by velociraptors until only his arm was left. Mm -hmm. 
which I think his name was Armstrong or something. I just realized that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Arnold. His name was Arnold. It wasn't mm. Armstrong. Yeah. Sounded like Arm. The smell of tobacco clearly drew this horde of velociraptors to this just shed. It's a power shed. That's what it is. No reason for a velociraptor to be there. Mm-hmm. Why would they be there unless a very strong smell drew them there? The cigarette. Well, we don't actually witness that that kill. I think you may be making assumptions. What if he was making a lot of noise while he was moving over there? I think he's smarter than that. He's smarter than to make noise. There's all sorts of stimuli that could draw a velociraptor. True, true. There is all sorts of stimuli that can draw a velociraptor. Which brings me to the other kill that the velociraptors accomplished during that little pivotal scene. Okay. Uh, The game warden. Mm -hmm. Wow, I forget his name right now. Not by the raptors out, Don Clever girl guy. Clever girl. Yeah. Yeah. Guy. Everyone knows him. He's got the great hat. He wears the shorts like nobody's business. (laughs) (laughs) We all know him. Fantastic performance. Everyone trusted him. And but what was his undoing? Where did he fall short? Mind over matter. Why was he hunting Velociraptors? When he could have been just protecting Ellie Sattler. That's not mind over matter. He let his pride get before him, hunting down these raptors outside in the jungle, in a dangerous area, in their own game. And even when he died, he admitted to it by saying, clever girl, because he knew to him it was just a game. And this Mm -hmm. was the final game. Pride. See, I don't know. He wasn't shaken by the external circumstances though he wasn't he was... shaken by it but he let oh maybe Ooh, maybe it's true you got a point maybe 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 oh. via your definition of mind over matter Jeez, he right. was pretty on top of shit oh, and he... i told you to try to debunk my theory you weren't supposed to actually do it <laughs> shouldn't and have... we're, this is just the first movie i was i i was prepared to go all the way through to jurassic world oh i can't i can't <laughs> comment on that sort of thing no, when's the last time you've seen any of the other Jurassic Parks? I saw Lost World in the theater when it came out and never watched it again. I watched the Chris Pratt one on streaming sometime after it came out. Okay. I haven't really kept up. The Chris Pratt one. I've never heard someone I don't, refer to I don't. Jurassic World as the Chris Pratt one. There's four now, and there's going to be a there's fifth one on June 22nd. Jurassic World 2 Fallen Kingdom is coming out. Hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park is a glorious masterpiece. <laughs> that is right. Everything after that was. I'm not on. I'm not on board with that. I like everything after it. I'm a fan of everything after it. Jurassic Park is definitely the masterpiece, the crowning achievement, this, the wellspring, the primordial soup mm-hmm. of joy that everything springs from. Yeah. And is lesser than but you gotta love the direct successors you gotta love the lost world you gotta love jeff goldblum running around the jungle trying to be the voice of reason you gotta love jurassic park 3 with the talking raptors and the spinosaurus that isn't really physically possible because spinosaurus was an aquatic dinosaur yeah uh it it really couldn't even move on land and it would just kind of crumble it was probably large because it feasted on larger it, it's a it's a it's a predecessor to the crocodile really okay it's got the same snout it's got that and then jurassic world has chris pratt 
Yeah. So I, I, don't, I don't know about any <laughs> of that. Does that answer so. your question, email bag? So I feel like we moved a little quick there. You have, a, do you have what? Do you have other? Th- well, you want to debunk some more on Jurassic Park's no. uh, mind over matter? I've, I've exhausted my Jurassic Park knowledge. That's what I was thinking. But we didn't quite get to the the meat of your, your April, kind of experiment there. Oh, what about it? Do you guys want to know how you could possibly create mind over matter strength for yourself? Yes. You guys want to know? Well, I'm sure. I am positive. I am a hundred percent. Dead on knowing that there's probably a book on audible.com that will tell you exactly how to do that. Holy shit, how can we sign up for audible.com? For free. Well, this is how you do it. You go to audibletrial.com forward slash scottcast and you sign up. You use an email and if that doesn't work, you make a fake email. Use a credit card and if your credit card doesn't work, you take someone else's. And you sign up and you cancel within 30 days. It's free. You get a free audiobook. <laughs> that's hours of entertainment. You get to learn how to create mind over matter, power for yourself. There you go. You get all sorts of crazy sh- stuff like that. Do they have? Uh, you can even listen to Jurassic Park, the Michael Crichton. You can novel. listen to Michael. I just didn't even think about that. You really can. Holy balls! Holy balls! AudibleTrial.com forward slash Scottcast. This episode. We've been waiting for it since episode four. Episode four, you said you were going to go and meet and see and and, and, and and have participate in a John Waters event. A showing of what movie was it? Uh, we watched Desperate Living, my Desperate favorite. Living. My favorite of the John Waters catalog. It's not John Waters' favorite. It was not his favorite, no. <laughs> his favorite of his own work is Serial Mom. Serial Mom? Yes. Okay. What do you think of that one? It's not my favorite. It's <laughs> You'll stand it. It's fun for what it is. I don't know. If you were to categorize his work, it's like one of the more modern ones, which is sort of more socially accessible. Okay. Whereas his early stuff was just like crazy people eating feces, <laughs> uh, lots of murder and weird sex stuff and i don't know why that's amusing to me but it is i mean i understand the appeal you're bored of the normal cinema you're bored of the tropes you're bored i mean serial mom is about a a mom who serial murders so Eh, i guess that's kind of in the mainstream that's but it's yeah post-dexter it's it's, uh in terms of like the visuals it's not as uh what's the word he doesn't film people eating shit no Nobody eats, eats shit in Serial Mom. Hmm. Is that where it comes about in the plot? Is like some people are saying that as like a phrase, as like a as like a colorful phrase, and then someone's like, you know what, I'm gonna, and then they do it just to inspire fear. Well, it was about pushing boundaries. It was about being the the filthiest person alive. And Is that they, what that movie was about? They were not fucking around. A lot of like, it was a film. It was mostly fantasy, but. They were like, yo, we're like really filthy people. So besides learning that John Waters' least favorite film, or, well, was it his least favorite or just amongst the least favorite? Or? Um, He didn't specify. He, he seemed uh, disappointed in some of his choices. Okay. Seemed disappointed in some of his choices because like, this was like live commentary. Yeah, so basically it. what happened was... We went to the thing. There was a meet and greet. 
Um, the meet and greet was kind of awkward because nobody gave me uh, questions to ask John. Nobody gave you questions. Oh, that's right. It's we solicited questions and no one. Yeah, they're all just talking about how sexy we are. Yeah. So As podcasters. So I didn't have anything to say. My wife and I went and we kind of like did the meet and greet together instead of like one at a time. So we didn't really have like a conversation and it was quick and there was like people they had to get through. And so basically the conversation like with be, John was I like, be like in the middle of that line. Cause then you see people, yeah, you see how and it we is. were like, we were like right in the front. Mm -hmm. So there was no preparation time. You were setting the standard, but you didn't, you didn't, we, you yeah. didn't have the mind over matter to be able to create your own standard. You were like, oh, no, there's no set standard. It was an ideal situation for, for meet and greet, but yeah. but it was good. We got our, our VHS copy of Pink Flamingos signed by John and by uh, Mink Stoll, who was also there. Mink Stoll. John commented on the VHS. He was like, oh, you still got a VHS player? We were like, yeah, we do. We're <laughs> old school. And we, he's like, does it still work? And I was like, yep still works and that was kind of the conversation with john which wasn't real exciting i think that's exciting i think um, i think it's like oh you're you're gonna be the vhs people now i guess you have an entire medium that he john waters the legendary john waters associates with you and bronwyn well bronwyn had her her eyeshadow palette signed she had like a a divine palette sure which was one of the actress act drag queen act so yeah he he signed that and he had some comments and he like oh van smith did the the makeup on this and he like made a little note on the palette and it was kind of cool yeah but mink stole was super nice uh Bronwyn mentioned that she looks like a more fabulous version of hillary clinton kind of fabulous hillary fabulous hillary fab hill yep knew that Bronwyn's name was welsh somehow apparently she's very worldly well, at least Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of our, our interactions with them. So there was the meet and greet, and then we watched the film. We watched uh, Desperate Living, which is my, one of my favorites. John mm -hmm. um, had some some color commentary during that that filming. A lot of it was, oh, God, what was I thinking? <laughs> what I want to get to is uh, David mentioned a segment a few episodes ago. Yeah that when he mentioned it i didn't think much of it but it turned out to be a stroke of genius mm -hmm. it's called ian with ian mm -hmm. and what this segment is about is when ian encounters somebody in the wild who is probably <laughs> on ecstasy in the wild <laughs> yeah so following the film yes mink stole has a band which is kind of like a lounge act it's like uh cabaret jazz kind of vocal stylings mm -hmm. and all through this set this one lady in the audience was like oh my god i love you you're so beautiful everybody bow down it's mixed all oh i love you so much she's so beautiful and she, during one of the songs she like tried to grab my hand and like dance with me or something <laughs> And I was like, whoa, this this lady is rolling. <laughs> and I was like, no thanks. I'm here with my wife here. Uh -huh. And she, yeah. Did she then try to dance with your wife? 
No, she, but she was like, she wanted you. She was leaning up on. Maybe him. she recognized you from Scott Cast. She was leaning up on everybody. It was she like maybe she recognized everybody from Scott Cast. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> That is fun. That is fun. Now we just need you to get into more situations where you're with people who are on ecstasy, but not you. Yeah. I will not do illicit drugs on this show. No illicit drugs. Here's where I think you and drug use could really mix. Okay. You were telling me earlier that people use things like ecstasy Mm -hmm. to gather more control over themselves like as an actual healing i didn't even think it would work this way but as like an actual healing thing like you were saying it people take ecstasy and in their perception of what what is what feels good during what stimulus is much broader there have been studies done studies done which examine how ecstasy can be beneficial in processing trauma I do some work with kids who have experienced trauma and what we aim to do is kind of get into this little window where you think about emotional pain and it's it it works a lot the same way as physical pain um if you have like a horrible broken bone and it's like sticking all out of your flesh yeah you put neosporin on it and you call it a day. <laughs> Avoiding that is going to make that worse. It's not going to heal correctly. It might get infected. Like Things are going to get worse. Sometimes with emotional pain, we try to avoid it. We try to pretend it didn't happen, and sometimes that works. But if it's severe enough, it's, it's going to get worse, the same as the broken bone. So even though that's unpleasant to have that set back in place or get pins or screws or needles or whatever the fuck... That's what needs to happen in order to heal appropriately. So when we're processing trauma, when we're uh, treating trauma, you want that sort of window where if it's going to be uncomfortable to to directly address those things, that's that's good. That means you're, you're getting where you need to be. Mm-hmm. But you don't want it to be so uncomfortable that you're going to like dissociate or make things worse right right and so there have been studies where people have used ecstasy to widen that window it's a pretty wide window (laughs) (laughs) so that you can you can talk about that experience you can um process it appropriately and kind of make sense of what happens how does that work in a clinical setting like they do they go into an office and it's just a guy with a desk and a little bookshelf and a box of Kleenex so this is and then a tab of ecstasy. This is not a an evidence-based treatment. This is research. This is experimentation. It's in the research phase. So how does one become experimented on? Uh, you would probably have to go to a university setting. I don't okay. recall exactly where this research was done. This would not be done with children. <laughs> We need more Ian in our life. We would like to be Ian with Ian. Mm. Maybe we should start like a, a GoFundMe where people can, and the highest bid gets to take some E and hang out with me for a day. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have to find out how to do that legally, but that sounds like a great idea if we can get it going. I bet we can get a real, I bet we can get a real response with that shit. Yeah. That sounds like one of those marketing genius ideas. 
That sounds like some straight up P.T. Barnum right there. I'll put up with being sexually harassed for a day for some content. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> Ian Dixon, willing to be sexually harassed for your pleasure. And Scott Casglory. This is why this is why Dave is not <laughs> like he's he's too uh, matter over mind. He's too matter over mind. He's all about physical strength. He's all about mm-hmm. he, he's all about the numbers. He's all about uh, technology. He's all about Elon Musk. He, he doesn't he doesn't appreciate the spirit. He doesn't appreciate the mind. He doesn't appreciate art. I'm glad we found a way to shit on Dave. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was waiting for that little window. Because we were going to be like, okay, how do we exp- get experimented on for ecstasy? Mm-hmm. How do how do we get into this program? Let's see how wide my window can get. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to process anything, but <laughs> I'll process something. I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure something out. Or we could find a way to source some legally. Like mm-hmm. we'll go to Amsterdam or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we'll bring one lucky Scottcast listener. And we'll do a live Ian with Ian. We'll film and record, and you get to harass Ian Dixon, fan favorite. That sounds really expensive. For a day. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, if we get a good sponsor, like Audible, if like if audibletrial.com forward slash Scottcast starts really paying off, I will totally. If like if we get the if we get enough sponsorship signups within the next we get a few couple thousand months, dollars, and we can yeah, afford I won't, an Amsterdam trip. I won't touch a single dollar. Mm-hmm. from the audible trial sponsorship until we can fund an amsterdam trip with ian dixon to pod live with someone who's tripping on ecstasy because i want to do it above board i don't want to do any illegal things i know we could probably just ask some guy <laughs> <laughs> you know just go to enough go to the bar enough nights in a row some guy will show up <laughs> but we're not going to do that we're going to do it above board that's right I want I want some pharmaceutical grade. We're all about integrity, unlike Dave. Yeah, unlike Dave, who would probably go to a bar and source <laughs> some dirty ecstasy from some guy he doesn't know, some stranger, <laughs> stranger danger. Drugs are bad. We were we were watching just before just to get into the Scott Cast mood. Another little series from the nineties. Yeah, all about mind over matter. All about resisting the temptation that is drugs. <laughs> smoking drugs particularly smoking drugs is bad yeah like they had a they had parents yelling at children traumatizing them saying if you hang out with that person who does drugs you will be just as bad and scum on society <laughs> i don't know if they said scum on society i don't think they said that but that's what if you're going to paraphrase that's the message basically if you're paraphrasing they called all drug users and like associates Oh, he's not okay if he does drugs or like he was like, oh, I know he smoked, but he's an okay guy. And you're like, no, he cannot be okay. He cannot be okay if he smokes drugs. Do you believe in that as a therapist? No, no. I think everybody is okay. Everybody. We all have good and bad in different proportions. What if someone's like really bad? <laughs> Some people are more bad than good. Yes. I'm talking like I'm like I'm like this we guy all, walks in, we becomes all, night. We all have some okay. We'll There's, have a little bit of dark. Everyone has some something redeeming about them. Does everyone also have some something irredeemable about we them? We all have some darkness. I don't I, I don't know what's irredeemable. 
The will to destroy all humanity. I don't know. I've never met anyone like that. Poison Ivy. You're wearing a Batman <laughs> shirt right now. characters, bring them in. <laughs> Done. Poison Ivy. <laughs> she wants every human dead. She just wants it to be plants in herself. Well, you know, like, uh, she has empathy for, uh, for the, the earth. That's nice. I mean, but she also wants to kill all humans <laughs> to well, show that. I think she's misguided, but she has some positive qualities about her. <laughs> <laughs> she's good with plants. She's, she's flirty and pugnacious. There you go. Great at color coordinating. That's good stuff. Green and green and red all the way. It's very festive. So she's so so we've discovered. Okay, fine. Poison Ivy has redeemable qualities about her, See, even this though is my, she wants this to This is kill. my mind over matter. You're like, oh, uh, she's gonna kill everything. You're all about the what's what's happening in the environment, and I'm like, you know, there's redeemable things about her, and like we're. I can see quality in in what other people finds to be dark so that's my mind over matter i'm in tune with some of that my mind over matter is that i see dark i squash it (laughs) i destroy because ian Mm -hmm. this is this is where the lights are off Mm -hmm. and the truth comes out okay i am a podcasting supervillain. we've gathered that much oh And Skycast is my headquarters. Yeah. I've been going to other podcasts, destroying them from within. Mm-hmm. The Tim and Drew show is practically in tatters at this point. <laughs> I'm stealing their sponsor in process. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to steal one of their celebrity guests soon. I imagine. They have multiple celebrity guests now? They have an actual celebrity guest coming on from Comedy Central. It's the same one we talked the about before. The same one we talked about okay. before. No, they're not that special. Okay, good. I went on their podcast and I incited rivalry between the two hosts. Yes. I incited fear mongering. And I also made them drain their coffers to create a billboard here in Detroit. Really? Praising their own show. I told them it was a great idea to drink more. (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty villainous. So that is one podcast down. (laughs) About a billion more to go. I still haven't found a way to destroy Scott Cast, the other Scott Cast, the stupid Scott Cast named after Scott Bradley because he thinks he's so freaking cool that he gets to own the name Scott. Screw you, Scott Bradley. First off, Scott Mayo is more famous than you. And he comes before you in the alphabet, so screw that. Yeah. You don't get to have Scott. I get to have Scott because I made it an acronym, and I'm dedicating myself to evil podcasting. Evil people get the egomaniacal choice. Not people who make anachronistic covers of pop songs. You know what I'm thinking, Ann? What are you thinking? I'm thinking we need to destroy Scott Cast next. How can we do that besides legal action? We need to trademark Scott Cast as a name through the government. Okay. And because he's not going to trade, he's too cocky. He's like, oh, I'm Scott Bradley. It doesn't matter that. That that I'm not going to trademark anything because I'm Scott Bradley. People are just going to associate Scott Cast with Scott Bradley. But you know what? I'm going to do. I'm going to trademark it. You should. And I'm going to lawyer bomb Scott Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> do it. It's going to be the postmodern juke cast next. But maybe I should 
secretly trademark postmodern juke cast. Oh. Make him change it to that. And then lawyer bomb him again. Then he won't have any money to afford grand pianos and saxophones and crazy dresses for his lady <laughs> singers. That'd be sick burn. Sick burn. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, that's 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 one that's an, that's the next podcast in the works. We got the Tim and Drew show. It's just a matter of time before they implode. Scott Cast is going down. All I gotta do is get the paperwork through. Okay. What's another podcast we can destroy? What podcast do you listen to? I don't want to destroy any of the podcasts I listen to. Well, it's, <laughs> how, how about take over and influence and control? Because that's mm-hmm. fine. That's evil, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, what if you can take a podcast that you love and and control it until until all the life is bled into your own? I wasn't prepared for this. We're going off, off uh, topic here. No, this is all mind over matter. Yeah? Yeah. I'm saying... The most pure mind over matter pursuit is that of an evil mastermind trying to take over the world and control mm-hmm. it for his own authoritarian needs. I feel like the podcasts I listen to wouldn't be that appealing to our listeners. One of them. What is about everything like, in the world? Don't you understand it? We got to start somewhere. Might as well start where you enjoy it. One podcast I like that's not real terribly active lately is uh, "Read Me Something You Love." What's that about? People read something they love. And comment on it. Like a poem? Yes. Like a short story? Short stories, yep. Like a journal article? Mm -hmm. Status update from a friend? Postcard? Typically poetry short stories. (laughs) (laughs) Actual literature. A a particularly adroit explanation of the ingredients in a bag of potato chips? Could be. Mm. A long, scrawling diatribe against the missives? So we kind of already did that like with our, our book cast right we did it well you read i didn't I read. read i mean we got plenty of books right here to read i mean so we, we could do that yeah we can we could like i said that's not a terribly active one at the moment so, so. all we have to do is take their stick and do it yeah and we destroy them yeah, exactly huh. what can we read anything we read something something you have to love it though dang it i don't love anything damn i try not to have that emotion it's weak and it shows insecurity and it shows folly is it weak it's one of the strongest emotions you can have strong emotions are the pivot points of failure Mm. Mm. what you love most will always bring you down fastest like let's say someone loves money right okay they're all about money yeah and and they're being hunted down by some evil maniacal person. How can that evil maniacal person destroy the person who loves money? They pay their bodyguards a little bit more because the person who loves money is cheap and he won't pay his bodyguards enough. So you pay them twice as much and then tell them to turn around at a particularly dark alley. Pivot points. Love can be a pivot point. You could be like... Oh, do you? Oh, Spider Man. So you love Mary Jane, don't you? Well, Mary Jane is dangling off the Brooklyn Bridge. Mm-hmm. But you know who else is dangling off a bridge that's very far away from the Brooklyn Bridge, but still a bridge and dangling. <laughs> you know, you know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's there? Who is it? Like a bus of people, like a whole bus of people you don't care about. Okay. So what are you gonna do, hero boy? Be the hero for your lady love or be the hero for this bus of strangers. 
Who is it? The image of Spider-Man or the heart behind him? Weak point. So you don't love if it is an evil mastermind because there's no one to dangle. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Drop them both. <laughs> <laughs> Only two bridges? Come on. <laughs> well, can't save everybody, right? That's how Scott Cast is strong. It's because we don't love. We? <laughs> right? That's the... You're part of Scott Cass. Uh, okay. You're on this train. Well, you agreed with me that you'd be like, okay, Scott, if you're gonna do Scott Cast, I'll be the host until it gets famous. You said that yourself. Until it gets famous. Yeah, that's what you said. <laughs> I probably did say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd let you stay on, but you don't want to be there. <laughs> you said you have a career. Yeah. Can't be associated with this sort of thing. Evil masterminding? Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate that you're going to stick with me during these early days of yeah. evil masterminding, where my lair is just a place in Hamtramck. Or is it? We'll drop the bomb. I'm not, I'm not saying not... bombs. <laughs> I'm not saying we're going to do anything illegal as evil masterminds. Did I? I don't know. Did I say illegal things? No. It's we're... not illegal to tell a tell a blackmailer to hey go ahead double the stakes and see if i care it's not illegal no it's a negotiating position it's not illegal to lawyer bomb scott bradley that is definitely that's fully legal it's completely legal (laughs) 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 and it's not illegal to incite a rift between two lifelong friends legal and ethical are different exactly (laughs) mind over matter yes does ethics matter? No. <laughs> Mind over matter. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, speaking of John Waters. Speaking of John Waters. For me, not so much a mind over matter experience, but for some it could have been. He has a very shocking Definitely the film that palette. was shown was shocking. Could have been shocking for someone who was unprepared. Like, okay, think about me asking what can we watch that isn't people actually eating shit and then i showed you (laughs) yeah okay imagine someone in that circumstance watching this john waters film how would they react yeah i think they would be quite shocked for what for what reason well do you want me to uh, spoil specific scenes yes this is scott cast okay well how old is this movie this is like early 80s we can spoil it uh, yeah, so some people who, who may think they're fans of John Waters maybe got into it from, like, Hairspray and, like... Pink Flamingo. Pink Flamingos is... No, that's early stuff. Oh, okay. So there's, there's like, early, cata- early, early catalog and later catalog. Mm-hmm. And so, like, commercially accessible things, Hairspray is definitely near the top. Um, if you are a fan of Hairspray... This film is very different. <laughs> so everybody who was there seemed to be pretty into what was going on. They were pretty hip with with his catalog. Mm-hmm. But assuming you were maybe a naive fan who, who was like introduced via Hairspray, if this was your first uh, experience with Desperate Living, you may have been shocked and may have needed to use that mind over matter to push away distance yourself from what was happening 
So you might need to purge your memory. The yeah, past hour or so. We we gave a brief description of this film previously. It was uh, the wealthy housewife who she and her maid accidentally murdered their her husband. They escaped to Mortville, which is like a dump town full of criminals. There's lots of gross sex. Why is it that every time you show me a film, there is a town placed in some sort of garbage dump? <laughs> Why is that like the recurring theme across directors' styles? It? it seems to be the case. What other films have we watched that had garbage dump town? I imagine there was the the, the one with the with the sewer boy. No, not the sewer boy. The one with the guy who was in the films and all the t-shirts. Troll mom. Isn't that a, is Toxy? There a, isn't there a sewer town? Toxic Avenger? Yeah. I guess he lived in a dump. Yeah, he lived in a dump. Yeah. Other people lived in a dump. Didn't somebody who could like karate chop a head off live in a dump? Ricky O was in a prison. Well, that's, that's kind of a dump, but not quite what I'm thinking. Kind of. I just remember a lot of dumps. Maybe maybe I'm just extrapolating across the spectrum. Could be. Maybe I just imagine they're all in dumps. Yeah. Shape of Water, that was in a dump. That was a military facility. Yeah, I'm just a dump. Can you let our audience know uh, what your, your review of that film was? Uh, not enough fish fucking. That's right. Not enough. Because that was what it was billed as for me, is that this lady gets real down and dirty with a, with a fish man. Yeah. And, and I was like, okay, let's watch it. And it turns out she does. She does definitely do it. Um and it's heavily implied mm-hmm. that, and pretty much just wasn't ex- on. wasn't explicit enough for you. You needed to see some fish cock. I didn't need to see <laughs> it. I just I, I I would just imagine visually the most striking image possible in this story arc is definitely the fish man having sex with the woman. <laughs> in a film designed to have stunning visual look. By Guillermo del Toro, all sorts of great effects and artists and things working on it. Such a beautiful story. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he should have taken up that mantle and been like, "And this is what it looks like when they did it." Because <laughs> he's kind of he's kind of an Amazonian. He's, it's, it turns out he's not really a fish, right? He's like a spoiler alert. But it turns out he's kind of a god. Yeah. So it's it's just as disgusting as if Zeus was slimy, right? True. Nobody ever is like, oh, you had sex with an eagle. Yeah. No one ever says that when they talk about Greek myths and stuff. No one ever talks about Hercules. It's true. His mom had sex with an eagle. I don't know the details, but it's I, but I know Zeus transforms into an eagle, and uh, he copulates with the common folk mm-hmm. and creates minor gods. It's just part of the mythos. Yeah. If that's not weird, then this fish isn't weird. And you might as well do the most striking visual image available to you within the story arc. You might as well just commit. Yeah. I. What's with the winking and the, oh, that's cute. No, I don't want the winking and the, oh, that's cute. Let's see what the weirdness is. Well, they wanted to be able to release it in theaters. It was really, it would have been fine. <laughs> 
They didn't want an NC-17, which is what Desperate Living got. And that one's that one's gets toured around the country to this day. Guillermo del Toro could be John Waters. Yeah, I don't think he's thinking of that. <laughs> I don't know if he wants that. <laughs> Why not? Who doesn't want to be like John Waters? John Waters has two podcasts dedicated to him within this very thing. Podcast. Yeah. Podcast. Two out of 16. That's pretty good. Two out of 16 is a remarkable. Guillermo del Toro. I mean, he just has a passing remark because he missed a grand opportunity. John Waters is on the same level as Jurassic Park right now. No, because Jurassic Park had a few more references. Did it? Just within. Damn. And it had an entire reading of a fan fiction in ASMR style. That's true. Classic Scott casting. Yeah, there's so Garbage Dump Town, Full of Criminals, uh, lots of weird sex stuff with really unattractive people like intentionally unattractive and like flaccid dicks so if someone got excited they got fired i guess mm-hmm. i don't know um so one of the couples is like uh it's a lesbian couple and the one is anxious about whether she can please her partner because she's a female so she they win the lottery and she goes to the city and gets a sex change and comes back obviously and, her partner's like, oh, no, what is that? Oh, I didn't want that. I just was leading you on because I wanted you to be jealous because blah, blah, blah. And so she cuts it off and throws it out the window, and a dog comes by and snacks on it. Wait, she cuts what off? Whose? Her own? She had her uh, penis constructed. She had a sex change operation. Mm-hmm. Partner was not pleased. She cuts it off. Toss out the window, dog comes by, snack, have a little snack, snack. Mm. <laughs> so if you come in expecting hairspray, this was maybe a little little too far. Well, I mean, it's kind of a trope at this point to cut your dick off after a sex change operation when your partner doesn't accept your change. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen it in growing pains. <laughs> um... I saw it in Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> I remember that episode. That was a great episode. Yeah. So mind over matter. Sometimes you gotta you gotta just detach yourself from those sort of things. Yeah. Know, to get through it. Mm-hmm. I was prepared, but I don't know. Maybe someone there was not. Uh, but overall, uh, a good experience. I would recommend anyone. Apparently he's going through his whole catalog. If he's doing like films, he's like, "Well, I don't even like this one." Let's play. <laughs> yeah. So if you get the chance to meet John Waters, do it. Yeah. He's lonely. So where are we at? We got other things lined up here. Not really. We don't have anything else lined up. Really? Yeah. It's a very simple episode. Well, I mean, we 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 talked about the the strength of mind over matter. I don't know if we, how well we've portrayed that in our uh, our cast here. No, we have terrible mind over matter. Except for the fact that we have established our goals as a villainous podcast willing to destroy any podcast who gets in its way on its way yeah. to glory, which right now is every single one of them. Again, the the mind is a, a powerful thing. And uh, to get back into my, my little wheelhouse, there is uh, research ongoing about like pain management and how the mind can kind of trick itself into not feeling pain. And so they're using like virtual reality headsets Ooh. 
to get people kind of uh, engaged in in like video games while they're having like burn treatments. So these are really seriously painful treatments where they're like actually scraping off layers of skin. And if you're immersed in this sort of virtual reality world, it, it your mind is so engaged in that one thing that it doesn't have the capacity to process these pain signals that are being sent. So yeah, mind over matter is like real shit. Your mind is awesome. I would like to try this game. <laughs> so thinking about that, I would like to hear more about your uh, your experiment over the course of April, if, if you're willing to. Well, I don't think, I think I misled you when I said it was an experiment. Ah. It was more of a manic run. Okay. Through, through willpower. I was just, I, I just willed myself happy. I willed mm-hmm. myself to create better weather for everybody. Okay. I willed myself to attract hordes of women. And this is how my mind over matter worked. I used my mind to create a universe that I wanted, which was just very slightly different from the one I was in, which yeah. makes me feel lucky. All, I, all it was is just hordes of women and good sunshine. Well, willing yourself happy makes sense, too. Yeah. I mean, that's... Happiness is a choice. That that positive frame of mind kind of goes a long way. But you said something about posture was related to all this. Yes, when you have good posture and, <laughs> and, and your back is you got the S bend and your, and your shoulders are straight and your head is back up forward, the, the, the brain releases alpha chemicals and makes, you, and makes you appear as a god to lesser men. Is that right? Yeah, I've had a, that's part of my experiment. <laughs> my control group was the previous twenty-eight years of my life, okay. and and the uh, and the and the experiment group was the month I just lived. So yeah, my experiment so was my past life, right? And 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 the current. No, damn it! My control was my past life. My control was my past life, and my experiment was this month. That is good science. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> That's great science. So I think you're supposed to control for other variables, so... I did control for other variables. I controlled them all. Yeah? Yeah, with my mind and willpower. That's the point. Well, was it was it the posture that was making the difference, or was it the, the mindset that was making the difference? There may have been a chain reaction uh-huh. from posture straightening to mindset and believing mm-hmm. that I had power and control. And all the power and control I gained as I smashed my opponents mm-hmm. and took over their territories. My life is a lot like a board game, really. I like to envision the world, right? All the pieces strewn about. I like to envision the ways that the color I choose to be my own eventually spreads across the world like a plague mm-hmm. and contains it all within itself until it dissipates and becomes a new world order. And just legend in the memories of forgotten people. All right. That's how, I, that's how I've been treating this month. <laughs> this episode's insane. I, like, I, think, I think Scott Cass is gradually, the, edit, the editorial standards, I thought would get stricter. Yeah. They're getting looser. Seems that way. More maniacal. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and it's really just a pulpit for me to stand and say crazy things into a microphone for a little bit. Yeah. It just feels good. You should try it. Say something insane. Say something that's straight up lunatic. Man, say. I don't know. Something I, I would say. I don't have anything like that. You don't have any inner dark urges you'd like to release upon the world? No. I thought you said everybody has a bit of okay and a bit of dark. Yeah. What's your darkness? No, I'm you talking need me about to talk the darkness about some... within you right now that you could unleash upon the world. We need some Final Destiny in up in here? We could do some Final <laughs> Destiny in. Do you have any revenge plots thanks to a Final Destiny in? Revenge plots? I don't know about that. Like anybody ever... Well, we already established that one guy tried to murder you. Yeah. So... Do you have any other wrongs that eventually led to your almost death? Has anybody ever tried to assassinate you, for instance? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> My car. Your car did. Well, so maybe it was a person who sabotaged it. Have you ever thought about that? It would have had to been Brownwin's mother. That's a very specific person to pull out of a hat, Ian. That's who the car came from. Okay. So. All right. I don't know. Maybe I'm not a very good son-in-law possibly possibly there's some other things going on could be do you perchance have any uh fronts for illegal activity you operate and launder money through <laughs> can't say i do hmm that's probably not that then <laughs> so you have a final destiny for us i i could yeah i didn't okay. realize there was a final destiny do you just keep these just in case i've got a list Right, okay, so alcohol poisoning, cyanide poisoning, or handlebar, handlebar death. death. We definitely got to pick one because that's, that's, that's juicy enough to spread across a few episodes. <laughs> I think I want to hear about the cyanide. Cyanide? Yeah, I want okay. some fresh. Some fresh cyanide, please. So, we live in the, in the near, we're basically inside Detroit, right? Yes. We're Detroiters. Hampshire, yeah, we're we're not officially Detroiters, but we're encompassed by the city of Detroit. Hamtramckins. Yes. Yes. Surrounded, we could not go more than a mile in any direction without being in Detroit. As as naive Detroiters, we sometimes venture into abandoned buildings. As one does. <laughs> one does sometimes. On their way through town. So one of the. The more common buildings to go into is the Packard plant, right? I think that's actually been bought and is being developed allegedly, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the progress on that is, but uh, a Nothing couple of years shiny yet. Yeah, a few years back, uh, it was absolutely nothing. So we just we kind of go in there and walk around, see what's up. It's kind of cool to like get this vision of history and what what things might have been at some point and see where they are now and how how nature sort of takes back over so some of the like upper levels are really interesting to go through they're like trees growing out of like cement somehow that's cool yeah i like that that's life, poetic life finds a way life finds a way <laughs> so yeah you, you kind of <clears throat> kind of explore what Detroit was and experience history in that way sometimes. Uh, so myself and Brown... How did you end up taking cyanide in a Packard plant? I'm getting to that. <laughs> the question that's so on everybody's mind right now. <laughs> there's all sorts of uh, 
spots to investigate. I forget how many. It's like over a million square feet, this plant. It used to make the fancy cars. Packard was like a luxury car brand. Something like that. It was a, it was a right. great car brand. Yeah. yeah. The Dodge people. Yeah. So there's like all these nooks and crannies. There's bits of the plant that are difficult to access. Uh, I probably said that somewhat like how you say commute. Yeah, <laughs> you did. That was great. <laughs> now you get access. the letters. <laughs> access. Access. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna include your correction. I'm gonna let you get letters. Commute. <laughs> commute. 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 Okay. I'm gonna have a. Com- I'm gonna commute. So we're exploring the plant. We want to see everything there is to see. Access mm-hmm. everything. There's like a. Uh, almost like an underground kind of thing i don't there was like a i don't even know what you'd call it it wasn't a sewer but it was like a a cellar a cellar for lack of a better word like bricks and wine there was well i'm trying to like think of what the opening was like it was like a a hatch you know how they have like grates sometimes when you're walking there's like these uh slatted grates and it's just like a big empty thing underneath no yes actually yeah so it was kind of like that okay i dropped into there and there was like an extra room off of the whatever the recess you crawl a little bit and you get into a room yes okay and there's just all these barrels in there of like oh okay (laughs) go on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so it's dark and I'm what's in the room that they tried to very hard to get so that no one would ever get to it yeah what's it full of <laughs> and I had like this shitty flip phone and I just had my little flashlight on my flip phone mm. and I like put it on and there's like these barrels and some of them are spilled and like the ground is very moist mm-hmm. and so I like and you licked your shoe to see what it was <laughs> <laughs> So I got my little flashlight. I'm trying to see, like, what is this? And it smells awful. Yeah, the side of the barrel is, like, cyanide. And it had, like, the... It was, like, almost cartoonish. It had the little X with the skull on it. It's not cartoonish when it actually means you'll die. (laughs) So there's... Underneath the Packard plant, there are a number of barrels with some... uh, compound of cyanide down there and it may it's definitely leaking you're definitely I can ten verify, year, you got 10 years less on your i can verify that it is leaking there's a leaking barrel of cyanide in the packard plant i don't know if you can be cyanide poisoned um through the air through the air but if you can but it's again it smelled awful right so you got a good whiff yeah so you took a line if you will i'm okay turns out but <laughs> could have been maybe not the best decision on wow, my part a whole room full of cyanide that's fascinating and why would they need that for cars be great for evil scheming where is this room it's in the packard plant can we go to it tonight not tonight unless you <laughs> want to get murdered let's go we can handle any daytime trying to take our cyanide daytime is best for uh uh urban exploration okay but well, We'll do that then. We'll go. We'll go steal all the cyanide. You can carry it. <laughs> <laughs> they may have cleared that out because again, I, someone bought it. How someone long bought ago the was property. This? 
how long ago was this? I mean, it's, it was really hitting away. So even maybe if someone bought it, we could sneak in real espionage style. Yeah. So my visit was probably five years ago. Mm, five years of cyanide moistening the air. Yeah. There. And it was bought oh, a year or two ago. Hmm. I don't even know what I'd use cyanide for, really. As I a don't know. Podcaster. Like I said, I, I you can't really send it as an email attachment. So yeah, not many evil schemes can come from that. Hmm. I mean, Tim and Drew, if, if they're that big on drinking, you could maybe trick them. But how am I going to mix them a cyanide drink from Michigan? They're in Georgia. Just send them a bottle. Here's a bottle. <laughs> don't smell it. <laughs> Just drink it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why is episode eight taking so long? <laughs> I'm not going to send poison cyanide to anybody. That's Watch someone else poison them, and now we've done fucked ourselves. It's illegal and unethical. We would not do anything You will like never that. find me on the, at the Dodge Power Plant now. I can't do it with this recorded in any way. Because you know, the F, even if I don't get this to the internet, the FBI knows what's going on to this SD card. It's true. We're in so, an Orwellian society, folks. We've checked off, choked at work, ceiling crush, apparently. Packard Plant Cyanide's checked off. God, I love the Packard Plant Cyanide one. That is a great one. I'm going to have to ask you to repeat that one again. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get that one in all the podcasts. Hey, Ian, remember that time that you stumbled across a room full of cyanide? And you were like, what's this? And you put it in your mouth? <laughs> I may have pictures of that somewhere. I would like to see those pictures. But it was like on a crappy flip phone, so they're real bad. That makes it better. Yeah. It makes it authentic. Makes it like the kind of potting you want. This is the kind of potting I want. You know, I came into this podcast with all sorts of crap topics. You know, I I didn't even come up with the theme. I had I had someone else come up with the theme. Lovely person in their own right, but it wasn't me. Boy, you can't even read that. Yeah, there it is. You need to send that to me. We're going to show that we're going to share this with the audience. I'm going to be like Check out what Ian was doing with a barrel of cyanide. This episode, Scott Cast. That's like the worst. That's some great clickbait. That's Thank the you. worst quality photo. It's the, it's the best. Send it to Scott. <laughs> it is the best you could have done. <laughs> oh, so that's what we... I mean, thank God you brought the content this week. Yeah. I'm good at drilling you for content, I've discovered. If Which you, is great, because I'm bad at bringing content. If you give me a topic, I can kind of fill it in. That's great. That's exactly what I need. Because if I'm given a topic, I just ramble about how I'm evil. <laughs> Bad strategy. Well, I appreciate your honesty. I'm trying to keep this as an, 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 an honest podcast. I'm an honest villain. Criminal. Super villain. I'm not a criminal. I'm just super villain. You can be a super villain and not a criminal. You can. You know? I'm yeah. just a super villain. There you go. I'm not a criminal. I'm a legal super villain. Pardon. Destroying we the pods. We were going to talk about shades of gray, right? Like uh, yeah, we were going to talk about the continuum and spectrum. So that's that's kind of where you're at. Yeah, I'm at part on of the, the spectrum. villain spectrum. You're evil in the dark. Well, you're evil, but you're not a criminal. But on the legal spectrum, I'm I'm a saint there for the judge. Not an area spot on my record. 
So, but, but that's also extremes, and that's my problem, isn't it? I'm always bouncing to the end of the spectrums mm. on any given topic. It's nice to kind of be near the center. That's what they say to me. Never tried it. Yeah. I like to I like to keep everything to an extreme. I don't like I don't like to moderate myself when I don't have to. Mm. It's it's better to live with bold brash lines sometimes, I believe. 100% of the time for me. <laughs> but for other people they can't handle it. So. I prefer to live with my life with a Sharpie marker while everybody's using their little mechanical pencils with their click 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 click. Okay. Scratch, 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 and it, it and it scratches, and it does that sends a shiver down your spine. You know how mechanical pencils sometimes do that? Nope. You're writing <laughs> with a mechanical pencil, and it makes a little squeak, and it shatters your spine, like an ASMR kind of thing. Like a bad ASMR kind of thing. Mm. Yeah, like like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, yeah. So, so everyone else is writing with their crappy little mechanical pencils. I, on the other hand. Have a giant sharpie, okay. living with bold brash lines at the end of the continuum. That's why I wanted to do before. Like our listeners have no idea what I'm yammering about, but what I'm yammering about is we were going to do an episode, and I think we tried maybe even where where the main topic of discussion was the continuum. Mm-hmm. How how sometimes things have shades of gray. How sometimes things aren't quite one end binary zero or one. And I live my life binarily. I'm, mm. I'm either I'm either there or I'm not. I am quite the opposite. You're very yes, you are. You 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 analyze life as a spectrum. You see all the possible options, and you choose a very comfortable place in the middle. So yeah. we need to we need to find a way to combine our strategies so that I can be more flexible mm-hmm. in my evil scheming. I think that kind of ties into mind over matter, where. Uh... If you're in the middle, it's 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 easier to see the whole picture. It's the distinction of mind, because yeah, it's like if your if your spectrum is if you think of it like physically as distance. If you're on the east coast, then your your line of vision is just limited to that, right? Wow. If you're somewhere in the middle, you have Mm. you may not get to each end, right? But you have a a wider all around vision around yeah yeah and the west coast is only has the west so you get a fuller picture in the middle there right i don't think that metaphor holds up no when you when you look at it <laughs> sociologically maybe not because it seems like the people in the middle of the country well have their views and they don't. Uh, and then the people in the West have their views, and the East have their views. And I didn't mean, somehow they unite. I didn't mean for it to be that uh, literal. Oh. <laughs> well, I was thinking of it. Now I'm thinking of it totally metaphorically. Now. <laughs> See, sometimes I just stop talking too. Yeah, I don't know. Because when I when I'm in the middle of talking, and then like, and then it comes out. Maybe we've reached an end. I think we've reached an end. I think this is enough, Scott Keston. <laughs> for today but on sunday we're gonna have david david over hopefully i can get this edited and published this weekend sunday we'll have david over and and i'm hoping that we can get you and david in the same pod together to hash out some of your differences we'll see yeah we might record it with video it might just be audio so i can just in case things get ugly yeah 
I don't want the equipment out. <laughs> but I'm excited. It's going to be great. It's going to be a wonderful time. And so for that, fine listeners, I hope that you exit this Scott cast knowing a few things. First thing I hope you take with you is the ability to hold your mind over matter, the ability to look at your life critically and make sound decisions and not to be at the opposite end of a spectrum. Don't be like me, evil. (laughs) Don't be evil. I don't want the competition. Be good. Stay in the middle of your continuum. Choose where you want to be. Don't be a slave to your binary perception. Understand the entire range that's available to you as a human being with free will. And the next thing I want everyone to understand is that you can get a free audiobook at audibletrial.com forward slash Scottcast. <laughs> All you have to do is sign up with your credit card, cancel less than 30 days later, and you'll have a free audiobook value up to $20, $30, $40, $50. Hours upon hours of entertainment. Books read by your favorite celebrities like Elijah Wood reading Lord of the Rings. Ian McKellen reading The Odyssey. Uh, other people reading other books. Stuff like that. And if you haven't signed up for audible.com and used their app yet, boy howdy, let me tell you their app is fun. So please do it. Support ScottCast. And feel good about yourself. And, and feel like you're helping somebody achieve a dream. Even if that dream is somewhat evil. It's still good to help someone with a dream, right? That's right. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So from all of us at the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scott Cast, I bid the adieu.